0: Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, and I'm joined by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. Chris is here. Hello. And Mel is elsewhere.
1: Hello from Derbyshire.
0: Um, we are going to talk later on about all the usual stuff, comings and goings in uh, Sheffield's digital sector, news and events. Uh, but first, you're about to hear um, an interview that me and Chris are going to do very shortly uh, with Ian Simmons, director of the National Video Game Museum, which uh, by the time you hear this will officially launch. It's launching today, which is Friday the 23rd. Yep. Um, so, um So enjoy that now.
2: Hi, Ian. Chris,
3: hello mate, how are you? I'm very well. Um, Excellent. So
2: we find ourselves in a corner of this yes. huge
3: space. We um, call this the choir around. corner. Yeah. Yeah. Where <laughs>
2: there's still a lot of hubbub and last minute... Um, Stuff being set up. Yeah, absolutely. National I believe game, they call this
3: you? contingency planning stage. Right. Yeah, no,
2: it's great. So, <laughs> this is your Slack. These are the last final hours of Slack. Yeah, in I don't know that it's been. Plans.
3: Do you know what? We, we opened the NBA in Nottingham like three and a half years ago, and um, I remember thinking at the time, we never done anything like this before, it's like, oh, it's, it's going to open, it's going to open, it's going to be totally fine. And you don't, because you don't realise that's actually just the, the, the beginning of all the, um, all the troubles, and then right. you realise what the problems are, and then, yeah. Not, not to say that people shouldn't open. Museums. I'm not trying to give anyone career advice, but um, right, right. but yeah, yes. it's yeah. it's a it's that sense of um, <laughs> there's a lot of here, parts. Knowing what we know now from uh, from Nottingham, this and, and, you know, and you'll see it tonight, and you'll see it over the next few months. This is kind of by design a lot less bolted down, It's right. a lot more adaptive. Okay, we're not. Uh, making so many assumptions I think yeah. um, this is a very very different space about what the thing should be yeah. so yeah it's far far more adaptive far more kind of modular so you, you and, can and change the starting. flow of people in it you yeah. can swap things out if yeah, not yeah working completely or, or, yeah really really yeah, very much so so we wanted to be um, surprising uh, we wanted to change we wanted to adapt to feedback What what to think of stuff so, so Nottingham uh, was a big five story uh, listed building it had loads of different kind of rooms and corridors yeah. and staircases it was really sort of it was like a sort of um, you know poorly designed FPS level Uh, (laughs) I I, I visited once
2: oh did you I I don't think I actually saw it all I think Um, I just went to a couple of levels it's
3: easy to get lost in right? right and and we were really seduced by that and we loved that um and um, but it's a nightmare to try and run right. um, for for what are now really obvious reasons, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. loads of twisty, turny rooms and staircases and all those sorts of things. So um, so this is completely different. This is the same, it's almost the exact opposite. Isn't it? literally, it's literally yeah. a single massive floor. Yeah, absolutely. And a direct entrance from the street level yeah. straight into the space. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's a completely different space, but a brilliant space, and it affords us the opportunity to play around um, kind of with the audience stuff we just couldn't do in Nottingham so things like sort of Horizons right and being able to reveal bigger expanses but not only doing that now we've been able to play with that sort of yeah. stuff so Nottingham no one room is bigger than really like two two or three living rooms put together yeah. you know, it was great it was yeah, a yeah. different sort of feel but this is completely different so we really want to exploit that yeah. so uh, so the prefab stuff which isn't here yet um, which we'll be making up all the game stations by Wednesday, um, when that stuff's there from kind of off-site, um, is all designed to be configurable, and then kind of false walls can come up and down, and all that. Then that kind of approach of being as a yeah as adaptable and surprising and changeable uh, space as possible. Right. Because the truth is, you don't until you've got three hundred people stood in a room. You know, you can have a best guess about what the flow is going to be, but you, yeah. you know no, no, that's right. Know. It's hard to model. No, you don't. Um, so so being able to adapt that as we you know, as we grow is. Is, is this time much more baked into what it is than it probably was? in not. So, so what can people expect then from the museum? What what can what can they expect to see when they? Come? What we're we trying to do. Um, well, I'll tell you what we're trying to do, and then I'll tell you what people can expect to see because they're the same thing. But I think it's probably useful to talk a bit about our why like, mm. we're bothering really. Yeah. Um, and um, so, so as a museum, and we've just uh, we can talk about the sort of name change that's helpful uh, and, and the museum yes. accreditation stuff that we're kind of working on at, at the moment for it. Um, right. We are um, uh, interested in demonstrating to all members of the public, so not just, uh, so no disrespect, but, you know, <laughs> like class white guys who are in their forties, oh, yeah, like, that, yeah. that, that sort of audience, Yes, um, um, the spectrum of what kind of games could be in terms of what might want to play, right? Because there's a whole load of video games in the world. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, right? But most people's awareness of it is either, you know, Red Dead 2's just come out and it's bigger than yeah. Harry Potter or whatever, um, or Halo or FIFA or whatever. Um, and there's a massive, massive spectrum of interesting, diverse, weird, exciting work um, yeah. that people don't get to see, right? Because it's like, yeah. how could they? You've yeah. got to really look under the right rocks to kind of find that stuff. So part of what we're trying to do is um, crit- like critically evangelize. So we're not trying to apologize for video games, but we are trying to show why they're interesting and to different audiences, things they might do. Uh, things they might play the other kind of really important part of what we do uh, and want to do more which came um, from starting the arcade in Nottingham but from what we did at a festival called Game City which started in Nottingham in 2006 Mm -hmm. came out of that was this idea that everyone can kind of make games as well Mm -hmm. so the um, the kind of literacies so you don't say it's the public right it's just the cultural studies the yes. well, you never say this out loud no, no. but people have the ability to talk about games yeah. right like critically and just talk about and kind of reflect them within like people who kind of like games like each other but also um, kind of families talking about this stuff too mm-hmm. um, is really absent mm-hmm. so you know you're a parent we've spoken this before you know we've got kids who can invest apparently like impossible amounts of time um, <laughs> in Fortnite or pokemon or whatever mm-hmm, it might be mm-hmm. but often parents are kind of on the back foot of what that means yeah what i don't mean by that is like how do you stop them playing unless make sure they they get epilepsy no. and you know how do we stop them being sociopaths but it's not but it like does, there's no it shouldn't be an automatic assumption that it is unhealthy uh, you totally and, what, yeah. and, and like, what do you do with it right yeah. so a lot of the broader industries um you know, sort of uh, discourse about that has been um, around. You know, kind of protection um, and around. You know, don't let twelve-year-olds play GTA. Uh, mm. Don't let them play for kind of hours and, and th- those sort of messages, which mm. are quite we find from our visitors now like pretty well understood. Mm. But okay, so given that we now know that you know little Susie can't play Resident Evil, what, like, what do we? How do, how do I parent? How do I like, What do I do with this? enthusiasm that, that she's got right yeah, yeah, and it's and the next step of how do you talk about it how do you kind of play how do you play it you know in the kind of, how might you encourage um, your kids to 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 make video games mm-hmm. which is different to how to encourage them to go into the industry but we, mm-hmm. but how, like, how do you for the intrinsic value of just being creative yeah, make yeah. stuff um, and it's that kind of next step that we uh, really want to concentrate on with this space and, and with the other kind of side of the stuff so, that we so do. So how, how
2: are you going to get those conversations going? Well, is there something on top of the exhibits <laughs> and on top of the experience that you get just from the museum?
3: Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Around? yeah. So that's about building event programs around um, around the exhibits that we have at the gallery. Um, that's about making really visible the fact that games are made by people. Yeah, brilliant. Because um, most people don't like Nona, and how could they? Because yeah. they're almost invisible all the time. Yeah. Um, so we are at pains in all the events stuff we do to make sure you know kind of develop as a present, um, and that they can you know they can meet the people who are kind of playing and discovering their work. Um, it's also I think kind of important in that that we don't um, uh, assume a, 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 a sort of base level of understanding that everyone might have about yeah, games. Yes,
2: and the so big, people can come here with no prior knowledge or
3: yeah, 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 completely. Understand and, it. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and the way we do that is we have a lot of you know, we have a brilliant crew who who help you uh, discover what games could be, right? Because you, you be it's easy to assume that everyone knows what a controller is, hmm. right? Or, or uh, you know, that you can touch a screen or you can't touch a screen or how you you know, how you how you play Sonic. These are these are complicated things. It's much harder to play Sonic than it is to, you know, listen to Sergeant Pepper, right? <laughs> yes. um, and they're both kind of equally complex, but you don't, unless you, the barriers to entry to doing that yeah. are, are like high if you've never held one of these things before. Yeah. So we're looking to kind of um, help to diffuse that, but also kind of bridge some of that, um, yeah, kind of understanding within, not, I keep saying families, I'm only really saying that because we, we have a lot of family visitors, mm. but within like the rest of the world, right? Mm. Um, because games have got a lot to say and do that's really, really valuable. And there's sometimes, the, the broader industry doesn't always enable itself to do that as, yeah. as easily as it as And they're not go necessarily good. the games that get a lot of their time and
2: yeah. get a lot of the play. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're t- doing completely. that most nice effectively. Yeah. Uh, so so you, you have changed the name, haven't you, from yeah. the National Video Game yes, Arcade, we, was it? Or it Archive? was, it was Arcade, it was,
3: wasn't it? Uh, so there is a National Video Game Archive, yes. which we started at the Science Museum in 2008. Right. So that's like a bunch of stuff in a warehouse somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a national video game, Arcade, mm. which is what we started in Nottingham yeah. three and a half years ago. Um, and as we moved to Sheffield, we kind of, and we, we were never 100% sure what it should be called, quite honestly, in Nottingham. Right. And we were never sure whether it should be like an arcade, but not that kind of arcade where it's yeah. dark and it's, you know, by the seaside and it's kind of coins. Um, and we almost called it a museum then and then we go but not that kind of boring museum not the, you know, not the kind that you don't like this is the yeah. kind of... and, um, and I think in between those um, opening Nottingham and coming to here we sort of felt that and, and certainly some of our board and, and Ian um, Livingston was kind of talking to quite a lot is the it's, it's just much easier to explain what it is if it's a museum right. and, and I think we're a lot less glib about what mm-hmm. we think museums might be because museums are actually brilliant mm-hmm. and I think we were a bit myopic Because it
2: it, it feels like it's um, it's almost like a tipping point in the cultural um, understanding of video games, that it it is something that deserves its own museum and should not just try and pretend to be an arcade experience. Yeah. But there's something much deeper in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. By exhibiting all of these games over, you know, well... Generations of consoles and and and, yeah. and platforms and forty years worth or so of uh, yeah
3: yeah gaming yeah. technology and creativity absolutely and you know museums are about yes. interpretation right and and that's absolutely what we're most concerned with here so we're not um, particularly trying to tell a chronological story of the history of games I mean, it's not there isn't not that. that journey because um, you, you know you can find that in a million books and yeah and, and, you could know, just have an infographic on the wall with a timeline yeah if you want yeah to. and it's important but it's It's fairly well trod. So, yeah, we're we're trying to do something different um, that can be more adaptive. You don't have an infographic on the wall with a timeline, do you? Um, No, we don't. (laughs) We We, we are free (laughs) from infographics. Horrible feeling I just put (laughs) right So, cancel the (laughs) um, (laughs) infographic. Yeah, no. Sorry, yes. I Um, I agree with you. Yeah, it's more uh, multivariant than that. Yeah, and I think for us in particular, because the, the sort of ideology, I suppose, and how we're trying to approach um, uh, the curatorial strategy of this sort of space and things we try and do, is um, is 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 kind of faster and more iterative than you would expect from a normal museum cycle. Mm-hmm. So we did, like, at the beginning of the, the v just did a video games show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, opened could go months ago. On. Yeah, um, and I, I remember we were involved in or, or it was one of the early workshops for that. It was like four years ago. Um. And you realise they're in a brilliant position because they're the VNA, right? And there's a nurse and the things that they have to do with VNA, mm-hmm. they do fantastically. And I think when we opened Nottingham, originally we thought that we were, you know, kind of trying to trying to be trying to do the sorts of things that a museum should do and mm-hmm. have like you know kind of portfolio sort of brochures when we would do an exhibition every six months what that would be mm-hmm. and, and then you sort of realize spending a bit of time with the, with the with the vna um folks um that like the kind of pressure and the resource that you need to deliver that kind of experience like just far outstrips stuff we could do so where they've got to write a, a perfect essay about mm-hmm. video games mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in that time we can be writing a thousands of little paragraphs about stuff yeah, and, and that's what we want to do and it's that um, energy of being able to experiment particularly with how people can understand what games are that we want to be like just churning on here mm-hmm. um, so the whole thing's really transparent you know you can see the Raspberry Pis that are running the emulators that are running the games and mm-hmm. so like, that's the mm-hmm. willful things on like that right? Yeah, but that's yeah. the kind of point um, so we're trying to capture a spirit of permission so that you feel that you can basically you felt like you could do this yourself, right? Right. Yes. You should. But it's know. not out of reach. It's not in behind. The no, glass and, frankly, prob- and probably do it better. But um, but, uh, but um, no, but that sense of um of um, uh, of feeling like you can have the back off the thing to try and fix it, and you know, and that and that sense of being able to crack the both kind of games and games culture open a bit right. is a thing that we really want to embody in the whole thing. So, so
2: does that mean that it's going to be changing a lot and that people yeah. are going to experience
3: it differently yeah, when they yeah, return yeah. visit? And yeah, yeah, completely. And we would welcome um, uh, people kind of feeding back, but also getting involved with things they might want to they might want to do within it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, our hope is it would change like very regularly, uh, very yeah. Cool. So that, I mean, that was one of the questions I had: is how, you know, what can the um, local
2: digital? community how can they get involved what is there to do um, um uh, so apart from visiting and making sure that they yeah they, they, they should you know, all, give some of their hard-end cash they to, should uh, all
3: immediately cut buying tickets um and come and say hello you know come and say yeah. what you think come say hello um but also i think we're really interested in um uh personal and kind of independent stories that people might uh want to tell or kind of share about uh video games mm-hmm. so that could mean um, we're involved in a oral history project at the moment with um, HLF with Kellum Island around it, mm-hmm. around kind of capturing sort of development histories from um, Sheffield. And, and Mark um, Hardisty's done like amazing work oh, in right. the Gremlin archive yeah. as well. Um, oh, a, brilliant! Yeah. yeah, and helping to kind of um, catch some more of that with the public and start to preserve and, and you know, share some of that sort of work. But also, it might be not stuff that's not necessarily kind of geographically linked or ideas for kind of events or projects that might want to do in the space. The main anxiety that I had when we um, started talking about moving to Sheffield was that we were, you know, like like useful, and you know, there's that terrible thing you could do where you sort of parachute into some other city and yeah. you know assume that you know anything at all about the neighbourhood that you're in and the partners around you, and, and, and we don't, we absolutely don't want to do that. Um, uh, we'd done the festival in Nottingham for nine years before we did the arcades we grew yeah. kind of naturally out of that and we kind of knew the people and we knew the you know the local sort it's of the scene. landscape yeah there. and um this is a bit different it is a bit different and we know you know we know the brilliant doc fest people and obviously yeah. bone loaf and sumo and the guys at site gallery and, and the writing community um and and it's amazing and the festival scene in sheffield and all yeah you know, all those sort of things that we sort of you know cry from down the m1 yes um you know and, about them and you know some of the individuals yeah, involved but exactly. you're going to be like here amongst them now absolutely yeah and, and I have to say actually the, 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 the connectedness and the sort of welcome that we've had from people in Sheffield because most of what I've been doing for the last few months is trying to say hello yeah. you know, and, 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 and you know, at the same time is trying to get things ready it's been, it's been really amazing and it's not a you know we mean it uh, when we say if there are projects you might want to do there's going to be event spaces here um, there is a full programme of kind of gallery stuff and event, you know, kind of events that we want to kind of get going um, we'd we really you know really like to like to speak to people so you know by all means you know email me it's not it's not like a it's not like a PR thing it's no, like no, it's, right genuinely to, it, yeah, we, we want, want it, people to get involved if they've got good ideas it's one thing to say like you want to have a place where there's you know a civic function and yes. some sort of meaning right um, but to really activate that you, you know you need to kind of invite people and that, that is really what we want to do so particularly um, obviously with exhibits and, and, the, and you know the kind of programming here that's the key part the learning um, stuff um, that we kind of probably going to be kicking off hopefully before Christmas but probably okay. more likely probably by so January. So is that things like it's a pixel head Yeah, yeah. So pixel is kind of young person's um, like games club. Yeah. Um, so it is about playing games and talking about games and like maybe making games mm-hmm. but you don't have to. Okay. So it kind of sits mm. alongside Code Club as mm. a sort of more I suppose sort of humanities lensed mm-hmm. way of talking. Yeah. Again, we'd never oh, those, say that out loud. Yeah. But um <laughs> uh, way of talk about yeah, but talking but about stuff. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's yes, like, I do. There's a thing about the STEM the no, the next gen report and the STEM agenda and people learn how to code, that's really important. Yeah, it's a really important future workforce. However, um, there are also people that are like write and paint and animate yeah, and yeah. draw and sing and sculpt and, and, and are interested and so, in games and are interested in games. And also, there's this sense of um, I'm choosing my words carefully of wanting to kind of complement that agenda of, of of kind of learning coding to, to you know, potentially get games to draw it might be um, with. It's like back to like permission and kind of possibility and that sense that well actually you could make you could make a game um, because you want to right in the same way that you know you learn how to play the guitar or you or, you know you like gardening or you you know do you know what i mean there's there's a, there's a in, like an intrinsic value to like expressing yourself right whether you're writing novels or making games or whatever it might be and, um, and now the tools for doing that is, you know, as you know are so accessible yeah. and, and free there's, not, right. uh, there's nothing kind of stopping you don't have to code it all in Construct 3 right you can there's lots of yeah, yeah, more yeah. immediate ways of yeah, seeing a result
2: absolutely I mean so, not that Construct 3 is great there can be almost, yeah, 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 but it is yeah, yeah. you know so, you, you, it's, it's yeah. proper coding totally and no, you, it doesn't need to be
3: yeah and you can kind of choose your tool and it, and it feels like games are at that sort of point that you know VHS camcorders were in the eighties. Yeah. Where you know Quentin and Tarantino gets one of those for Christmas and learns how to make films, and that's how you get different voices making different kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. and it's not you know yeah. people like me. Yes, that, um, the next generation just mirrored in. Yeah, and, and like diversity is something that What's is on? also equivalent to just not, like, not boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so diversity in terms of content, in particular, just different people making different stuff. I feel like I'm ranting. No, this, is, it, this is great. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm, I've got no. I'm a bit over tired, so I apologise. Um. Just um, so yes. I guess the
2: the question maybe I should have asked earlier, but um, mm. yeah, the, the move from Nottingham to here, mm. um, and you don't maybe I don't know if you want to go into why that came about or, or anything, no, yeah, but I fine. think
3: people are interested to know. Um, we left the building we were in in Nottingham largely for the reasons that I told you before. Um, right. In the, it, the first, it wasn't working as a... The first problem we had to solve when we wanted to do anything uh, yeah. was the building. You know, yeah. and that's a bad situation to be in. And and over, yeah, three years, that starts from being so this kind of, you know, crazy romantic, like adventure to do with a staircase and a small lift that's going to break and stuff into something <laughs> that's like, oh really? You know, we've got to carry, we've got to take that up the stairs again. Um, and it became... Uh, just too difficult. I mean, you know, that's, that's the problem. Like, we're a really small team, yeah. um, and um, we 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 like being a really small team, and we like the fingerprints of people who makes the kind of bin on it. So you can only sustain that to a point with the kind yeah. of infrastructure around it.
2: So, so do so, so you think you know there, there was so much logistical overhead that you weren't able to
3: make other things work? That yeah, you com- wanted completely. To, I like mean, them. the thing we did it was it was. Uh, it was exciting. So things like, so, like I was a landlord, went on a landlord training course. So how hard can it be to start a bar, right? Right. Yeah, right. It's quite hard. Yeah. Um, and, it, and there was just nothing in the building at all. The infrastructure, like everything we did, yeah. up to and including the toilets and the roof leaking or whatever that might be yeah, yeah. this isn't that here no so you're here so you're we're not a massive building with a whole yeah. load of other services and, and we're there's not no doing food the and toilets, drink in here this, right? is a, <laughs> this is like a new world this is like you know, what luxury I, I know this is, this is unbelievable we get to do stuff like curate games rather than like yeah. plunging uh, seven year old <laughs> turds keep Victorian yeah. plumbing going yeah it's amazing um, yeah so it's a real, it's a, you know, for everyone's career it's a real step up yeah uh, um, no, but, but it's like we, we can get to concentrate on the thing well, actually,
2: that's right. well, I mean, it, you know, honestly,
3: it's, it's, for us, it's incredible
2: to hear because we've been part of the Collider story. And from right. before it was Collider, okay. you know, the, the bid to government for the treasury money right, to, right, to, right. to, you know, build a technology hub in Sheffield and, and all the shenanigans around where that money was going to go and who right. was going to get to spend it and what it was going to okay. be spent on, and you know, to to get to this point where, you know, we're a couple of hours away from the launch of the National Video Game Museum in a space that has been enabled by that money yeah. and uh, in a building that, you know, is starting to grow, make, you know, come together and shape.
3: Yeah, and we totally could not have done this had it not been part of that ecology, right? right? So, you know, had had it had the, the City Council and, you know, and the Collider um, folks um, and the community around it not enabled that, we we definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be here. yeah we can we could have done it and there was you know there was a, so did, did you look for other places? Or yeah, it, yeah, we this? looked we looked at a few other cities, totally. Um, and um, by, by by some margin, and this was the the, the place to be. And I guess um, Ian Livingston and Sumo had something to do with yeah. it. And yeah, 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 yeah. History and, here. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. So Carl Cavers and Ian yes, on yeah. The board, yeah, brilliant. Obviously, done lots of stuff with us kind of over the years. Um, so they were there at like a figurehead political level and that's really really useful but I, I think it, you're, you're, like, you're right to to pull out the you know the, the the actual graft of the kind of collider guys and the, and the city of helping, to, helping us to, to get in here um, it's not yeah I mean I know it sounds like I'm taking off names but like that is we genuinely wouldn't be here at all we'd still be Freezing in Nottingham, right? Um, and and I like I loved the MVA and I loved the games city and I loved the stuff we do there. And I lo- you know and, I, and I, I frankly selfishly wished we could have found a, a, a you know a, a new yeah. accommodation there because I'm lazy. Yeah. Um, but um, but this is brilliant. But you'd invested is, I mean, you know, yeah. invested a lot. I mean, Nottingham would invested a lot in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. But we still you know, we still do work. Uh, we still kind of continue to do work. We have got some great partnerships with university. Yeah. We should be doing the festival. All those things. Good. But. Um, this is a this is a a new this is a kind of yeah a new a new chapter for us really Um, and it's one that we will be continuing to build and won't be you know kind of ever finished and that's our sense of this being much more uh, active yeah well well I mean Certainly from our
2: point of view, and uh, as, as I can speak as, as much as anybody, I think, for the digital community in Sheffield, I think everybody's really behind you and really hope it's a Brilliant. great success, and I no, uh, really you. look forward to
3: coming and engaging playing all the games and seeing what else we can, we can make out. Fantastic. Well, that's really great to hear, and we look forward to welcoming it you. <laughs> nice one. Cheers, in. Cheers, Chris. Thank you.
0: Right, time for the news and events section of the podcast. So it was the Sheffield uh, the first Sheffield Digital Showcase event um, last night, as we speak. Yeah, how did it go?
2: Well, I thought it went really well. Um, obviously, I was I was up front um, trying to sort out what was going on, and Mel was in the audience. So maybe, maybe, what was it like from your perspective, Mel, as a punter? I
1: thought I thought it was great. I think uh, we could perhaps work on our um, sickness and production values a little bit. Yeah, but it's a very um, laid back audience so i don't think that matters particularly but i thought it gave a really good cross-section of all the different kinds of very cool stuff that's going on in the city and certainly the feedback we were getting on twitter uh during the event and then looking at again this morning people seem to really enjoy it and find it really valuable yeah it was a really good atmosphere
2: in there it was really well attended and there was loads of kids in there uh not not just because the shang sheffield the shanghai kids were there but my kids were there, and a few other kids were there as well, and it was it was really really lovely to have young people in the audience, um, even kind of you know quite young children. Um, I think production wise, yeah, there were some issues. Um, I think I'd like to change the format a bit, and it suddenly uh, sort of dawned on me that I well, mean, it's what one what thing... was the format? Because oh, so the format was was 10-second... ten second short talks uh, 10 minute short talks yeah, yeah 10 seconds would have you yeah, know we could have got more in couldn't we um but yeah there were there were five speakers um plus the um the kids and families from sheffield to shanghai um and they had 10 minutes each basically and everybody did really well like no one went over 10 minutes um everybody had like a countdown timer um some of it was a little they were a little bit stressed and and speeding up to try and get finished um mm-hmm but there were problems with the sound and um, the guys from bone loaf, their laptop. uh, I think James said he dropped his laptop and I think the audio just went. And so it couldn't connect to the screen properly. Um, So there were there were kind of issues around that. Um, And I think, uh, I think there's a kind of, there's more translation that needs to be done because I think we need to, to to kind of pitch it at, at a, at a much more lay audience and, um, what's been really interesting to me is the amount of interest there's been from outside the, you know, the, the tech community um, and the rest of the city about, about this because I think some of these stories have gained some traction and there's been quite a bit on social and then um, you know, I was asked to go on the radio yesterday morning. Um, on the um, Toby Foster Breakfast Show, and I got uh, contacted by um, a journalist from the student union at the university and did a piece for them. Um, So I think there was a much broader interest, and it was a really good opportunity to start to talk to the rest of the city about the opportunities that exist in the tech sector and what's going on in it. So.
1: And that's what I think showcases should actually be. It's not so much the digital sector talking to ourselves, that's right. but the digital sector saying, hey, you know, rest of the city, rest of the region, here's a way for you to come and get a really good taster of the sorts of things that people are working on and uh, the cool things that people are doing. And I think if we pitch it at that level, if people want the really techie stuff, there's all of the meetups, the meet-ups that go on anyway. Right. Mm. And, you know, we can signpost people to those. But just just to give everybody else out there a real sense of what this industry is about and why we keep saying that it's a really growing, thriving thing and it's important for the regional economy, then a showcase like that is absolutely the way to do it.
0: Mm. There definitely seem to be... um more of a buzz about it beforehand people were interested and even just anecdotally i've had people ask me i guess i am a person that they might ask as i'm sort of you know involved with Shepherd digital mm. but they've never asked about any other events <laughs> so um and, and so there has there, there is i think there is definitely um a sense that this type of thing where we're just showing stuff that people are doing that showcase element of it seems to have
2: um the right appeal i yeah i I think i think you need some big draws i think in all of these events i mean a bit like you know when i used to run tedx you need you need one or two big draws and and i think um joy poloi's work on the circle is a big draw because people and people know about it um uh, and similar with with bone loaf i mean gang beasts if you if you you're into games you know you probably know gang beasts um you know, they're, they're things that people maybe knew about and and you know, knew of, but never suspected that Sheffield had anything to do with those with those things. And I think yeah. that revelation is a is a really big draw for people and why journalists and, and other non tech people are interested in it. Um, so if, if we can find stories like that every time we do one, I think we'll we'll be quits in.
1: Yeah, and I don't think there's any shortage of stories like that either. It's not like there's just one or two. I think there are so many things going on mm. that lots of people will either have heard of and not realized it's made in Sheffield or won't have heard of, but it really you mm. know, resonates with them or relates to them in some way. So I think we should be digging those things out as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think we, there's still a job for us to do in translating those stories sometimes. And I think yeah. that's one thing I've one thing that's been really exciting this week, and one thing that I've started to realise, you know, not as, if I, not as if I didn't know before, but actually, our role as translating what goes on in the tech sector and what technology is about to everyone else is a really important thing. And actually, after three and a half years of doing this, we're not actually, we're not bad at it. You know, you know, we we've, we've got some chops when it comes to talking about this in public. Um, finally, yeah. maybe.
1: I think that that's a really good observation. I think it fits in when we talk about connect, represent, promote. It's the promote bit, isn't it? It's it's getting outside of our community and talking to the rest of the world, mm. whether that's you know the the rest of the city and the region, or whether it's talking us up to the rest of the country, um, and and the rest of the world even. So, yeah, I think I think we're getting better at it all the time, and and it's something we can carry on working on. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Okay. Well, look forward to the next one. Is there is the is there anything in the diary? Uh,
2: well, um, we we want to do another one. I mean, that, that's the other question: is how good I just, an event? I've said that now, so yeah. Well, I've been telling everybody we want to do them quarterly. Um, yeah. But um, I, you know, the other question is whether it was a success as far as um the guys at the sh- at the um workstation and uh, Sheffield Tech Parks are concerned, and, and I think it was. So I think um, if we can take over a platform event regularly and do and do a showcase yeah um, i think it would be really good so there's yeah. a co- conversations to have with tom and cara mm. but i, th- I think uh, we got off to a good start and um that was uh, the showcase wasn't the only um
0: event uh this week uh that we want to talk about we've kind of tracked the podcast has kind of tracked the formation of the sheffield women in tech events would you say this event was kind of the first proper formal meetup style event? the one that we had to what they had this week Yes, right?
1: it was. I mean, the, yeah, definitely. The previous events we've had have been more. Let's get together and talk about what we'd like Chefwit to be, and also to find the people who are interested in helping to make things happen and get get involved, sort of on a, I guess, operational side of things. So this was our first meet up format where we had three speakers and the, the usual show up have some drinks and nibbles, have some chats, sit down, listen to some speakers, and then do some more networking. And it was fantastic. We had a full house. Um, Sheffield Tech Parts let us use their meeting room, and there were at least 40 people there. There were sort of people standing at the back and sitting around the edges. And um, we had a talk from Shayla Ali, who told us about her... Um, her journey towards building a career for herself in digital as a freelancer who she does social media stuff. Uh, she does blogging. She's a really avid traveler and she has this amazing travel blog um, and she's also a drone pilot. So she talked to us all about that. And then um, Tanya Fish from Pimaroni gave us a really inspirational you know, you can do it, uh, face up to the things you're afraid of, learn to say yes to things, know when to say no type um, presentation, which everyone really enjoyed. And then we had some uh, students from the University of Sheffield who were involved in running Code First Girls who came to talk to us about Code First Girls and also uh, going to hackathons. And they gave a really good, really polished presentation um, and that always makes me really pleased to see when we get students coming and and talking. And I actually went to Co-First Girls earlier in the week just to give that group a little bit of a talk about what's going on in Sheffield in the digital scene. So I had to meet them all, had an opportunity to meet them all then. And they were a really motivated, really enthusiastic bunch of young women. So that made my heart glad as well. So Chef Whip was fantastic. Um, we're, we're hoping to do formal meetup events every two months. And then in between, we have an informal get together called Tech Tea. And the next one is on the 12th of December. Just show up at Birdhouse uh, Tea. Is it- Tea Cafe or Tea Lounge, I'm not sure what it's called, but anyway, Birdhouse down on Sydney Street from about 5, 5.30, um, just for cups of tea, of something stronger if you like, and a bit of a chat. Um, we've also been working on a website for Sheffield Women in Tech because a lot of people have said, where can I go to find out more information? Uh, so that's coming together and we want it to be, as well as it being an information point, we want it to start becoming a resource. So we're hoping to have profiles of women in the industry on there and other kinds of useful things uh, with a way for people to post if they're looking for someone to come and speak or other kinds of support like that. So Sheffield Women in Tech is going really well and I'm, I feel really good about that. It's great to see it thriving now.
0: Fantastic. Um, Great. Well, we've had um, some uh, Sheffield Digital news uh, earlier this week, right at the start of the week, and that's that we have our our second enterprise-level member. What more can we tell people about that?
1: So that's um, Egress uh, Software Technologies, who are a cybersecurity company. Uh, They're one of those companies that sort of... Go along under the radar, and then suddenly they're growing really, really quickly. And as I understand it, they're currently about 90 people and looking to get up to 120. They're in. They were originally founded in Barnsley, but now they're in Electric Works here in Sheffield, and i'm um, hoping to move into. Is it Asero or Asero Chris? You know what I think. <laughs> I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? But <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's just. Fantastic to have the larger companies in the area joining Sheffield Digital because it means that one, they support us and recognize what we're trying to do, but also they see benefit for themselves in being associated. So if you're one of those large companies out there, and I won't name you, but you're not yet members, please have a conversation with me about how we get you on board because your support really helps show that we matter in sheffield um oh and i also wanted to mention that egress have also been supporting sheffield women in tech which is just excellent
2: they also sponsored um uh, hack sheffield i think last month as well at the university
1: yeah you're right yeah they did so they're really getting involved in the community and they want to do lots of things when they move into their new offices uh they want to make their spaces available for meetups as well so um i'll keep tabs on when that's happening and let meetup organizers know
0: okay stuff. great and the royal society computing in schools delivery group that's all the information i have <laughs> that's what it says here oh, yeah
2: i have all the information great off you go <laughs> um so yeah last tuesday uh, i went down to london um uh, partly because um i went to the um business cloud uk um tech business awards in the evening, but I went down particularly early to go to this event at, uh, the Royal Society. And it was basically, um, one year update report on their computing and schools delivery group. Um, so that's the Royal Society's delivery group, but they're working in conjunction with DCMS and, um, the, uh, digital skills partnership, um, and then the, you know, the local digital skills partnerships that they're trying to set up around the country. So basically, it was like um, a complete overview of all that is going on in government and policy and uh, national initiatives, whether, um, you know, run by the public sector or corporate initiatives or, or partnerships from industry um, to improve uh, the teaching of computing in the schools. Um, and uh, digital skills uh, in, in you know extracurricular digital skills, um, particularly all the programs that are run by the Raspberry Pi Foundation. So, code clubs, code dojos, um, coolest project uh, competition, and and all of that stuff. Which incidentally, coolest project I think is happening in Manchester next year. So that's like a it's a tech projects um, fair uh, where you know any kids can make stuff whatever they want there's no I don't, i'm not sure if there's categories but basically um you can make a, a project with code or with robotics or physical computing or, or whatever game um and you can go and present it at Callers project um and it's going to be held in manchester for the first time next march or something so I'm I'm sitting on an absolute ton of information that came out of of this conference um which I'm I'm trying to wrangle together into a post to put out. Um but I also made really good contact with a number of organizations um including organizations that are doing similar things to the world um educational robotics um contest that the chef of the Shanghai kids are going to. Um there's a kind of a US version of that as well which is now set up in the UK. Uh, and um, I spoke to the guy running it and um, I'm talking to him about getting a couple of the, they're they're a charity that they they give out like a thousand kits, like a grand's worth of robotics kit um, to individual schools or institutions um, for their kids to then use in the challenges. Um, And um, he he wants to give us a couple of kits to Sheffield digital for us to hand out in the, to, to whoever we think is most is best placed in Sheffield to take advantage of it. Um, And so, yeah, it was a really good day. I wasn't really expecting um, much, but I ended up... I was the only person there representing a tech cluster. And I think uh, it was quite interesting to talk about their delivery plans. And obviously DCMS um, have their local tech... uh, uh, Sorry, local digital skills partnership um, strategy. But not everywhere is going to set up a um, a, a digital skills partnership. Um, And uh, I think um cluster groups are, are a delivery mechanism that they hadn't really considered at all and they hadn't considered involving them because they think we well, have to go through a LEP to do this and which is why they've made it incumbent upon LEPs around the country to to bid for the money um and I you know I mean I know our, our LEP isn't for example has decided not to bid for the money although they said they yeah. don't stand in the way of anyone else doing so um yeah uh, but I, I think for a lot of these programs, because, um, you know, they, the corporate and industry involvement tends to come from the big corporate. So BT were there and Microsoft were there and Cisco were there and Arm were there and, you know, and uh, Morgan Stanley were there, you know. Um, but really, the point I was making was, well, 80% of, of businesses are SMEs and smaller you know, you need to get them involved in schools. You know, how do you get them involved in schools when they don't have big outreach pro- programs and a lot of resources? You need to find a go-between. You need to provide resources to to um, organisations that understand the landscape and can pull the individuals together and and really make this stuff work. Um, and lots of places have organisations like ours. Um, you yeah. know, they would be well placed to do it. So, um, yeah, that's but,
1: really interesting um, because I've had. Several conversations this week which are too early days to go they're very much around how how to leverage the connections and community links that we 've got to make some good stuff happen in the city it 's like organizations and institutions are starting to realize that they can't do it themselves and they can't do it through the normal frameworks, mm-hmm. but, oh, look, there is this organization right there in the heart of the city that has got that connectivity already and has also got, I don't know, dare I say it, but, it, but it's trusted by businesses as well, has mm-hmm. has you know, has the support of businesses. So if they know, if we're going to go out and ask them, will you do this or will you get involved in this, that it'll be something worth doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that, you know, by, our, you know, next when next year starts, there might be some really interesting stuff that we can partner in, um, that will start to really address some of these skills and schools and and all those sorts of issues, so it feels like the tide is turning on that one finally, mm. which is really encouraging
2: yeah again i think I think this stuff takes some time to unlock i mean i 've got a lot of information from uh you know from the Royal Society event um, and i 've had good conversations but it' it would take time for us to go through that information and and figure out exactly what our offer would be and you know where where we'd propose um you know feeding into their process and drawing down resources and from where yeah yeah uh, or, or whether we decide to you know to side with dcms and launch an independent bid for um a local digital skills partnership coordinator which obviously yeah. is also yeah. on the table
1: yeah i think that that's a much bigger conversation <laughs>
0: Um, Chris. Anyway, in, it was good fun in the evening. That's that very same day. You, yes. you had the opportunity, the nerve-wracking experience of opening an envelope I in public. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprisingly nerve-wracking. Yeah, I was a, a judge for the um, the uh, business cloud um, UK Tech Business um, of the Year awards uh, at, in a you know swanky awards um, dinner at Marble Arch on Tuesday night um and i know you're going to ask me like who won and all that kind of stuff and i honestly i can't there was 19 categories um wow uh and do you remember who was on your envelope uh yeah roughly I, I i remember the categories that i i was right at the end of the night right so you know you'd think you know it was incumbent on me to stay sober until i had to stand up in front of everybody and, and read out who the uh,
0: it's very much like the oscars when they saved De to for the sort of more important <laughs> and all, that kind of thing.
2: yeah you know so mine were the apart apart from the lifetime achievement award which was the the very last one um mine were the two penultimate ones can you can you have two penultimate ones uh, we, we can penultimate and whatever the <laughs> penultimate of penultimate is. Um, uh, yeah. So I was handing out, I was, I was really pleased actually, cause I, I was handing out um, agency of the year and a uh, young entrepreneur of the year, mm. um, which were nice awards to, to hand out. Um, but also uh, a couple of the judges um, weren't able to make it on the day, which um, meant that we were, that there were fewer judges, but the same amount of wine on our table. Uh, so, it was, uh, it was very good fun. I, I enjoyed it immensely. And it was, um, it was really good because it was a good opportunity to make a lot of contact as well. Um, business cloud are based in Manchester. So one of the things that I really liked about it was, um, that there was a definite Northern flavor to the whole, to the proceedings, but also to the nominees, um, and, and the winners. Unfortunately, there was no, there weren't any companies from Sheffield in the mix, um, in the end, um, Is that a lack of entries or I think so. I think it was a quite of a hard sell because, um, the, the awards are, are kind of different to most awards, um, because they, they charge, it's a hundred pounds to enter in the first place. Um, and, and then, you know, the nominated companies have to pay for the, to go to the dinner as well. Um, but it, it's really worth it. And the, the, the companies that, that won, even the companies that were nominated, you know, there was, it's a great thing to have it, you know, it's, but it's the first year that business cloud have run, have run these awards. Um, so they've got no track record. People are unwilling to fork out a hundred quid, you know, to enter an kind of an unknown, um, awards thing. Um, but actually, you know, on, on the whole, it got, it's got a lot of press. Um, it was very well attended um, it was, and it was good. You, you kind of felt like you were part of a community, um, uh, of whom, you know, a lot of people have come down from Liverpool and Manchester and Leeds. And, um, you know, I think the only Sheffield connection was possibly Epos now, um, who are, they're really yeah. a Norwich company, but they've, they've set up here in Sheffield this summer. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. Great. Um, and I, I, you know, I, Hopefully it'll happen again next year and hopefully we'll get mm. more entrants next year and we can kind of sell it a bit more because we know a bit more yeah. about what it is yeah. now. Um, yeah. But also it was good to talk to the guys at, at business cloud and they're very keen for us to get more stories out of Sheffield and into their publication as well. So.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, Mel, you were a, a judge at startup weekend. We're judging everybody at the
2: moment. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> judging season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was really thrilled to be asked to go and, um, Hear the presentations from the the teams at Startup Weekend. I'm just, I'm really pleased that Startup Weekend is still happening. Um, it's moved from the University of Sheffield to Sheffield Hallam, and the thing that people need to know is that Startup Weekend is run by volunteers, um, and so, and then you know a uh, university supports it and provides a venue and that kind of thing so if you think it's a good thing and you want to get involved in organizing the next one let me know and i can put you in touch with them because i think it's really really important that we have it in sheffield and there's always such interesting ideas for for businesses um so we had uh, i think there were five teams in all and it was everything from you know people doing stuff with big data through to um you know tech and mental health and the the winning one which i was just Completely thrilled about was actually a very simple idea about um, providing a uh, gift package that parents can buy to give to their daughters when they have their first period. And it provides, um, you know, information and how to talk to your daughters about periods and, you know, uh, things that will help make that conversation more comfortable. So um, it was such a simple idea but one that really resonated with everybody in the room. And um, I was pleased to see that the team was a woman and four men and that the men were as much behind the concept as the woman was. Um, and, you know, they were going to set it up online and it had lots of potential to expand and, and become other things as well. So it was a great evening, um, I want to congratulate everybody who took part, because I know how hard work Startup Weekend is, having been there myself, um, and I thought the presentations this time were particularly professional, I don't know if they, they got some special coaching or something, but all of the presentations were really good, so it was a very uh, rewarding way to spend a Sunday evening.
0: Great, sounds fantastic. Next, we have the Northern Connected City at uh, University of Sheffield. Who can tell me about that? Yeah,
2: this is something I went to um, on Wednesday night. Um, And it's not really tech, but I just wanted to mention it because um, I was invited to go to this event. Um, I think the Sheffield University won like a Times Educational Supplement Award for this last year, apparently. Um, It's a networking event for final year undergraduates. So to give undergraduates um, confidence to go out into the world of work, um, it's like a mock networking event where they get a whole load of successful alumni um, together with a a load of um, final year students. It was um, arts and humanities students um, on Wednesday um, and do a, a networking evening for them. So they get practice for, you know, having a wine in one hand and and you know <laughs> making chit chat and, and to, yeah um yeah, so it's a really good idea and I, I was really tired and i wasn't really that up for going um but actually it was it was much more interesting and valuable than i i expected it to be um partly because it was an opportunity to talk about the tech industry to a load of arts and humanities students um who um were thrilled to Talk about what opportunities there are in the tech industry for people that don't have computer science or technology mm-hmm. background, um, and lots of people are interested in this stuff. And um, we know we've said many times that we, you know, that the industry needs to open up to to more more people, and and you know, more kind. You know, God knows we've got a shortfall of people getting engaged um, in tech, and part part of that is because people think that you have to have a technology background in order to, to be involved in the industry at all. And and that's not the case because there's all sorts of, you know, from sales and account management to planning and product management and, and everything else. There's, there's, there are all sorts of other, you know, just uh, other backgrounds that are, that, you know, and non-technical kinds of role. Um,
0: and anyone leaving university now is going to be considerably more tech aware than, well Someone, used like, to that be, I, that even yes. when I was twenty twenty years ago. Mm. I mean, it's a completely different
2: Yeah, but I think I think there's still this awareness, and certainly talking to the students on Wednesday, there's, there's this awareness that, yeah, they know how to use the technology, but mm. you know, that doesn't say anything about how you actually make it. They have no idea what's going on underneath mm. it. And but they assume it's incredibly complicated and it's something that other people do and, and they've missed they've missed the opportunity to get involved in any of that stuff. Um, uh, and so it was, it was a really good opportunity, especially to talk to a lot of young women about, about getting involved in it and, um, you know, getting, you know, you could see the light bulb kind of going on when you start talking about the fact that a lot of a lot of this is about psychology and that, you know, how yeah. to make stuff is just one side of the coin and what to make is the other and deciding what to make or finding out discovering or co designing what to make with communities of people doing service design and, uh, and those yeah. kind of things. And, and, and the fact that we're, you know, huge numbers of people short in the industry, um, you know, uh, you know, really started opening some, some minds, I think, um, and so I, I mentioned Chefwit several times and said, "Look, if you want to find out what it's like to be a woman and work in the, in the industry, or, or, or talk to other women in the industry who maybe don't have technical backgrounds, um, then Chefwit is a good place to go." Um, you know, or yeah, or get involved in the Sheffield Digital Slack and introduce yourself and say, uh, and just ask questions because there's lots of people here to support you. So, um, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was a, a, a really good event and it was a really it's an unusual opportunity to talk to young people who are not technology people about the technology industry. Um, and you know, I'll, if they ask me to go again, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do it. Yeah.
1: Great. Fantastic.
0: Okay. Just, uh, our last piece before we talk about events is I, I guess I need to congratulate you both for becoming entrepreneurs, <laughs> entrepreneurs in residence at Sheffield business school. mm mm-hmm. Well,
2: well yeah. this this like give us more opportunity to talk to young people that haven't got a technology background. What, uh, yeah, so what, what's what's involved? Is it is it just a title or are you, do you have to do stuff? <laughs> it sounds great. We, yeah, we, we don't just actually get a know. Yet. Hat
1: to wear. <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently I heard this morning at, at geek breakfast that um we get like free entry to some of the museums in Sheffield. We get a student union card and discounts <laughs> like you know money off our bus tickets.
1: <laughs> Complimentary quill and <laughs> I think the thing I was most excited about was getting access to the library, uh, which is a a real bonus. But, um, yeah, we're still finding out what exactly it's going to involve. I think um, it's just about engaging with students in all sorts of different ways. So that's whether, you know, mentoring an individual student or going in and talking to a class or a a student society, um, you know, just all the usual business engagement with university things, but I think Chris and I are both going in there kind of half with our Sheffield Digital focus and half because, you know, we're both self-employed entrepreneurs as well, um, and so we've got that experience to share, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think the, the university are being slightly careful because they don't want to ask for too much straight away. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm kind of like, come on, let's start doing something. Ask me to do something. Um, <laughs> yes. This is Hallam, so right?
2: Yeah, the it is Helen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, we're not the yeah. only—we're not the only entrepreneurs in Residence. I think uh, we're part of a team of entrepreneurs. I think there's 15 of us in total, something uh, like that, across all yeah. sorts of different, you know, industries and and, and backgrounds. Um, and but they they want to kind of work out sort of a, a base level commitment to make sure that they. You know, they get a certain amount out of us. Um, but then it's, there's a question, there's then on, you know, what do, what would we like to do and what can we offer from our experience and our connections and things? So I think at that point it will get more interesting. Um, I, I mentioned it, you know. I, I changed it my status on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, and a whole load of Hallam academics were like, "Come and talk to me about what that means," you know, because I think they're really right. keen to work on stuff together. I mean, there's
0: definitely from my in you know, a previous life there was. I I remember that I think the business school was responsible for this, but all all of the. Um, knowledge transfer partnerships and all that kind of thing, getting getting students actually into companies mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I, I, from memory, there was a lot of focus on the engineering departments and, and not, not, not the digital side of things so much. I might be wrong, and this was a few years ago, but um, it'd be great if it was a way of trying to get that connection, a bit like the work with the college, trying to match up young people with employers and get them doing placements and, and, and if there's any way of influencing how that works, it'd be good.
2: Yeah, I think I think there is opportunity to do that, and I know they they run um what's it called is it Matrix, um kind of like-
1: venture Matrix, yeah. Yes. I don't yeah. know if that still runs.
2: Yeah, but there is whether it's called that or not. There is a program where postgraduates um, are made available to businesses, and they've now they've now got kind of an engagement suite in the Stoddard Building where um, where those master students um, can engage with clients. So it's like basically they're they're, you know doing business consultancy um, as part of their master's course that um, local companies can can draw on. Um, So there's probably there's opportunities to to engage companies in that if it's useful or or you know or or explain some of that a bit better and and find out how companies can get involved. Yeah. Great. Well, congratulations. Ah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Time for some upcoming events. Um, So. We have a, a, a pretty good list here, considering it's um, December time. We'll start on the 28th, probably the greatest day in the entire calendar. It's my birthday. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: it's, um, Makes a note. Is <laughs> yeah, birthday not on here, then? Um, no, it's not, sadly. It should be, shouldn't it? It's an event. It's Ian's birthday party, of which there will be none, sadly. 28th of the 11th, uh, G Suite user group. And uh, the same day, UX Sheffields. On the 29th, it's front-end Sheffield. On the 30th, it's Collider's uh, Last Friday Club, which I, I assume is the last the last one before Christmas. Is that mm-hmm. right?
1: Yes, I think. Um, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I don't know if they're planning one in December. I'll have to find out.
2: Okay. Well, if they are, it'll be the week between Christmas and New Year anyway. So yeah. It's definitely club, before club. Christmas. <laughs> um it's just maths. Indeed. Um, not a
0: strong point for me. <laughs> Uh, the 4th of December, .NET Chef, Christmas drinks. Now, I, I think people are invited. I, was, I wasn't sure whether I should include the Christmas drinks, but I have done just in case. I mean, people are invited, but whether it's just a free-for-all, I assume so. Um, um, 4th of the 12th, Sheffield Test Gathering. The 5th is Agile Sheffield. The 6th is the Institute of Coding Talk. Um, and it's also Go Sheffield, and it's also Sheffield Data for Good. So a busy day on the 6th. Um, on the 8th is the Doc Peak Data Cooperative Co-op Day. That sounded exciting. Do you know anything about that?
1: Uh, we talked about that last time, didn't we? Yes, Chris. definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you did, I think.
1: Yes, we, we looked it up online. Oh, um, yeah, listen to a previous co- podcast to find out about that one.
2: Great, it's going to be awesome.
0: Um, on the 12th, it's uh, Chef Wits Tech Tea, so Sheffield Women in Tech Tech Tea, which Mel mentioned earlier. And then on the 21st of the uh, 12th, December, um, Brave Freelancers, pre-Christmas, can go to um, Sheffield Tech Box for Freelancer
2: Friday.
1: I think we need to make sure there's loads of cake and mulled wine for that one.
2: See, mm-hmm. yep. one thing that's not on here is um, the Smart Sheffield meetup, which is on the 3rd. Oh. That should be on there. Have you added it to the calendar? the calendar? yes. All right,
0: okay, fair enough. All right.
2: <laughs> when is it? Third. The Mond- third. Monday the 3rd.
0: Monday the 3rd of uh, December, of course, is the, uh, the next Smart meeting. To...
2: IoT for Citizens <laughs> the subtitle.
0: <laughs> Great. Is it good? Um, new members. Um, since our last episode, we have um, two individual members. It's Claire Fletcher and Gareth Roberts. So thank you to them. And um, I think that's it. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in whichever app you prefer to use. You can recommend Overcast on iOS, Pocket Casts is as good on Android. There are lots of others too. And you can find out more at Sheffield Digital slash podcast And um, and tell people. Feel free to spread the word and let people know we have a few hundred people listen to this now, which is great. But um, we we always welcome more. So feel free to pass it on. And that's it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mel. Cheers, Ian.
1: Thank you. Bye.